0: and welcome to another episode of 10x Hacks for startup innovation and venture success. I'm your host, Vida Patil, and I'm here today with none other than Sanjeev Dang. He is one of the most successful venture capitalists in Silicon Valley, also a corporate executive board member, speaker, and writer, basically a multifaceted high achiever. And some of the things which uh, really captured me about uh, Sanjeev's experience are uh, him being an advisor to Richard Branson, uh, his association with Google Launchpad. He has also been on the U.S. government's innovation policy advisory team and um, uh, on the Council of United Nations World Artificial Intelligence uh, group as well. Uh, he is uh, also been the ex-president of University of California's Innovation Council. There's a lot more to uh, what Sanjeet has offered in the past uh, in his leadership at Thai and uh, McKinsey. Uh, I met with him at a Mentor Connect session at Thai Silicon Valley, and um, I was amazed by his insights on corporate ventures, how anybody can move from being a regular employee into venture capital. So so sanjeet um, uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much, Vidya. Thank you for the such nice words, I'm uh, still learning a lot. Uh, thank you so much for having me on the podcast, I appreciate it a lot.
0: most uh, quoted qualification, he has one exit every year. And uh, he he's now heading the U First Capital. So Sanjeet would you like to address these two topics as we open the podcast?
1: Sure, sure. Thank you, Vidya. Yeah, so I've been on the lucky side of venture capital, as I say, and having been in Silicon Valley now for 20 years, I've uh, dealt with several startups over the years. But I've had the privilege of uh, driving one exit every year, Mm -hmm. including this year, Uh, we had uh, an exit in a company called Orb Intelligence. It's a B2B marketing company that was acquired by Dun & Bradstreet earlier this year. Mm -hmm. Last year we had Pinterest going IPO. And then before, yeah. yeah. (laughs) And then before that we had DocuSign going uh, IPO. That was in my prior role. Uh, at Intel Capital and so on. But uh, it's been a good ride. A lot of learning from the founders, and uh, the credit always goes to the founders of these companies rather than me. So thank you for bringing it up. And as far as my current role, I am the chairman and co-founder of U First Capital. Mm -hmm. And this is uh, VC as a service for corporations firm that uh, we started, me and uh, Ekta Dang, Dr. Ekta Dang, we both run the firm. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's basically geared to help corporations deal with venture capital or external innovation in general. And we have have been, I think, blessed to have a a group of uh, big corporations working with us, including Dow DuPont, Google Cloud, uh, and several others. And we have been able to sign one corporation every month. Wow. And it's, it's been a good ride so far. So, touch word. Thank you so much, uh, Vidya.
0: And uh, who says this is the COVID time? You seem to be thriving. And uh, it took me whole three weeks just to get you on this uh, podcast. So, so good things are happening there. So, with that, um, I just want to follow up on your introduction of you first capital. Uh, you said it is venture as a service. That's a pretty new term. I mean, yes what exactly is that i understand you brought up uh, that you're helping corporations uh, uh, what can founders get from that can you go a little bit into detail or you know yeah. even in entrepreneurs for that matter like innovators inside corporations what is it all about
1: yeah absolutely so it the model venture capital as a service is a fairly new model in the overall investment scene mm-hmm. and our thinking is that if corporations want to do investments in startups, they don't want just the financial returns, they also want strategic returns. In fact, some of them uh, are more focused on strategic returns than on financial returns. And there is and they typically struggle to achieve that balance. So our goal is to drive investments geared towards the strategic interests for the corporation and that's where we come in and And, um,
0: can you define what a strategic return is it's kind of new term like sure sure
1: hmm? strategic return for a corporation means that besides getting financial value the corporation can also drive maybe a collaboration with the business unit or it can augment its own product roadmap using the startup or they can go to market together as joint go-to-market strategies. So those are all examples of getting strategic return out of uh, an investment or a partnership with a startup. And uh, to your earlier question, this helps the founders tremendously because Mm -hmm. founders of startups typically struggle when it comes to uh, developing relationships with corporations because a corporation is an ocean you don't know who yes. to go to and yes. then they you know start with somebody they know but he or she may not be the right person then they get referred to xyz and uh, the saga goes on it takes them 10 to 20 meetings before they can understand okay now i'm at the i'm talking to the right person and we cut through all of that process for the entrepreneurs and bring them in front of the corporation the, In for some other time CXO level folks on the corporation side right. and that has huge value for the startups because they already know that the corporation is interested in the area that the startup plays in and we are bringing them in front of the right partners on the corporation side. So that that has a much higher chance of an investment or a partnership for the startup as well.
0: Awesome. So, Sanjit, is this like a patent uh, uh, model you came up with, venture as a service, or is has this been in existence for a while now?
1: Uh, it's a new model. Um, there is a, we haven't seen much in existence for this so far. It is a fairly new model, and we, you know, more than the model, we saw a gap in the market. Like I said, corporations and venture capital don't really gel easily.
0: And, and why do you say that? Why do you say that? Because,
1: because most corporations have employees that can do product development or they can drive sales and marketing, yeah. but they don't have a team that can drive venture capital investments for the mm. corporation. Mm. The that, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that's why corporations mostly struggle at this. And what happens is they either try to put internal biz dev folks yeah into venture capital roles uh, or they when they try to hire externally they have a hard time because of uh, the uh, salary and the compensation structures that corporations have that are not aligned with the venture capital industry so it becomes a struggle for the corporation right. mm-hmm. and uh, startups also sometimes shy away um, from going to a corporation when the startup is at an earlier stage, seed, series A. So, right. and then that's when the innovation really is happening. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so there is a big gap in the market. That's what the model is trying to address.
0: So, you're kind of disrupting the venture capital industry uh, or corporate innovation scene here.
1: Both ways. More more the corporation, uh, corporate innovation scene. The venture capital, the private venture capital industry does not get disrupted by this. It is basically how corporations do venture capital or in general how corporations drive external innovation Yeah. because venture capital is just one of the tools for a corporation to drive uh, innovation from outside.
0: And uh, what are the other tools, uh, you know, which you enable uh, using venture as a service other than uh, a venture capital? You said strategic uh, return, right? Uh, that could be a partnership.
1: Yeah, it could be a partnership. We, I mean, you know, we focus m- more on driving a fund with the corporation, but from a corporation standpoint, uh, external innovation tools can vary. They can do an accelerator, they can do, like uh, hackathons they can do innovation challenges they can right. yeah they can do intrapreneurship activities also have their internal yeah. employees come up with startup ideas so they can drive several things uh, several types of activities to enhance their uh, innovation horizon
0: awesome so so you know um based on that uh what was your uh, what was your stint at intel like you've been, You were there for nine years, and after and I think during and after you've you've been investor in several companies, so um, it must have been a very exciting phase at Intel?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I uh, learned a lot uh, at Intel and hopefully contributed as well. and uh, Intel is a fantastic company, and I was there even longer actually. and um, you know uh, it's, it's a good grounding place uh, for sure.
0: And uh, so, so, so this question came up when I was uh, at the uh, the roundtable mentor connect with you, a tie. Uh How does a regular uh, corporate employee, uh, uh, you know, move into venture capital? Let's say they want to move into a corporate venture capital. Uh, what are some of the things you can tell them, or you can advise them?
1: Um, a regular corporate employee, you know, should start looking at this whole startup ecosystem first and uh, start developing relationships, start uh, driving activities outside as well, you know, go to events. You can do that while being a corporate employee, go to startup events, make connections with investors, with startup founders. Um, And uh, a corporate employee can also help startups by connecting the startup to the right people within the corporation you Mm -hmm. have a vantage point sitting inside the corporation and you know which group is doing what at least at a high level and you can help the startup connect to the right person within the corporation and as you build your own ecosystem that's when uh, you know maybe you should think about hey how do i get a job in the corporate venture capital arm And uh, the reality, and this is not specific to just a corporate venture capital job. This is, uh, I'm talking in general about a venture capital job. You know, it's, those are very few in number. The openings are very few in number. So the best way to get a job is to develop a relationship. This is not one of those fields where you send your resume and you get interviews and hope to land a job. It can happen. The chances are low.
0: Typically okay. the
1: hiring happens where somebody knows you, they have worked with you, they have had a relationship with you. So and you can bring them deals too as a corporate employee. You can yeah. refer deals as well. So there are many ways to get started in this field.
0: So so I my read is you're adding value in which any which way you're connecting That's right. your, to the startup or to the founder or to the investor or the C level execs. You're just adding value, so that's a great uh, advice. Actually, um, um, you, you, you know, a few years back, an engineer um, uh, who was my friend, he um, he he was he was in a tech job, and then he was looking to become an investor. And uh, we all made fun of him, like, what are, what are you doing? And today, he's a he's a he's a he's a partner at a venture firm, and uh, and uh, he did a lot of coursework. He took a lot of courses, but. I uh, I wish the advice was to build relationships and to add value. That would have been a great start. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. You yeah. know, courses will help, but uh, I think anybody can take courses. What really matters is, like you said, the value you can bring via relationships and understanding and develop some domain expertise. Pick domain. an area. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Pick an area that you're passionate about, and you know, venture capital field is quite broad. It invests in pretty much every area you can think of
0: so so uh, what about investors who invest across multiple domains do you think that's a bad thing or they have teams working for them
1: they typically have teams working for them uh, there are but there are several vcs who are quite generic right um, the trick for them is to make sure when they are investing in area a let's say it is healthcare they really understand the thesis behind the investment and what the competitive landscape looks like. And tomorrow if they are doing a deal in FinTech, for example, Mm -hmm. and they're looking at a company that may provide online payments as an example, you know, those are two very different areas. Mm -hmm. And uh, you need to have a good understanding of those sectors and be up to speed on what other startups are doing as well where the gaps are otherwise the startup may not succeed yeah. so uh-huh. generic is good but uh, you should have some level of domain expertise and typically we have seen at least in the big funds that invest across different sectors they have uh, partners several partners and each of those partners is dedicated towards a sector right. or at least a broad area like enterprise software or consumer apps etc mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Uh, so that's uh, that's uh, really good advice. Nowadays, uh, uh, people, uh, after graduating, they start uh, interning and join a venture firm and uh, they start specializing in a certain domain. And uh, uh, you, uh, the others, they start in the tech domain and then they move into innovation and slowly then to venture. So, uh, but uh, knowing the landscape uh, uh, in which you're planning to invest is great advice. So, um, you know, uh, Based on that advice, I want to ask, uh, do you recommend any specific tools for doing due diligence uh, when you're learning about a new landscape? Like um, currently, I'm working for uh, an AI firm, investment firm. Uh, so I'm learning about AI. I'm taking classes in AI. But you know, are there other tools other than just AI uh, which you, do you recommend?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, you know, in terms of coming up to speed on an area, let's say it's AI, I would say there are uh, three types of diligence to do. Number one is technical. Right. Uh, Number two is market Mm -hmm. research. Mm -hmm. And number three is more specific to a startup that you may be looking at and its competitive landscape.
0: Okay um
1: number 1 back to number 1 technical i think it is very important for investors to have a good understanding of the technology behind ai and ai is an example here right how how it works what are its limitations do you need data what kind of data do you need what kind of algorithms do you need i always recommend uh, investors to do some level of product development themselves they don't have to be in depth product experts right but if you do if you build something on your own you learn the most
0: yeah no i i totally totally agree with you yeah
1: yeah yeah so mm-hmm. uh, so have a very deep understanding of how the technology works where it shines where it fails etc so that's one second mm-hmm. is understanding where the market is going and this is very critical because yeah, and I feel like AI looks very lucrative, everybody's talking about it, but it is important to understand where and when will AI be adopted. Yeah. Because you can because you can invest in AI startup today and hope to get adoption in the next few months, but it may not happen.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that
1: that market research should give you an answer of why now. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm
1: and what and why now Mm -hmm. and lastly what the startup is doing within the ai field is very important because there are many problems you can solve within the ai field right and within that you can say hey okay what problem is this startup solving is -hmm. this a nice to have is this a must to have problem solution sorry and uh, are they really the best at it diligence on the team diligence on their product strength diligence on their customers all of that becomes very critical
0: yeah and you know i i was listening to one of your talks uh uh where you were uh mentioning uh how you first capital uh, is catalyzing uh efforts i think this was at uh um this was in 2018 uh So you, you were mentioning that you work with startups who already have customers who have done their due diligence. They have an MVP. Is that the kind of people you choose to work with?
1: Um, no, we are broader than that. Mm -hmm. We can work with startups that may not have uh, customers also that are early stage, but you know, founders need to have a good vision in that case. So how do you,
0: how do you define a good vision?
1: Yeah. What yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, and you know, at the end of the day, people fund people.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: <laughs> right? right. So yeah. yeah. So one of the things I do with founders with the with the pitch session is, I'll if I'm if I find the pitch interesting in the first ten minutes or so, I'll turn off the projector.
0: Huh.
1: And and I'll do a whiteboard session.
0: Ah. Oh.
1: And I'll say to the founders, all right, let's 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 just have a discussion. Mm. And I'm trying to understand what is actually inside the minds of the founders.
0: Mm.
1: Are they clear about the vision? Vision meaning what they are trying to build? How they see the world with and without their startup? Yeah. Why do they think? building this product is critical. What is the customer feedback? Even before building a product, you can go to CIO, CTO, et cetera, and get some feedback. Right. Right? So Mm -hmm. there are many ways to check out whether the founders have a good understanding of the market and do they have a good vision for the company? And then you can look at why them? Why this team? What is the expertise they bring to the table? What are they looking to do and why?
0: So, so Sanjit, so I want to, uh, I want to question this. Um, why them? It, I never understood this. Why them? Because see, uh, if you look at Google search, Alta Vista did it first. Then it was Yahoo. Then, then Google, right? Um, the search, This the, the search, uh, every, yeah. all of them did it. They were all comp- competent teams. They had their strengths. Uh, how do you know it's, how what's the differentiator like all of them were great and um it was the the page rank which and and the ads that combination which took google where it was so uh, how then do you know it's so you you're looking at most likely uh people who fall in the why them and then you shape them you fine-tune them is that what happens or
1: yeah you know whenever a company gets adoption in the marketplace
0: right uh,
1: there is some figure of merit that has improved by 10x hmm
0: and
1: it is very important for founders to be able to articulate mm-hmm. to an investor what that figure of merit is and why hmm You can look at, you know, big companies like Google when they started. Yeah, there was a lot of search engines at that time. But Google improved the experience and the results by 10x probably more. Yeah. And similarly, you can go down the Facebook example. Facebook was not the first social network. Just like Google was not the first search engine. So it's totally fine to enter an existing market. But then you have to bring your own point of view and why you are going to be 10x better. Is it 10x cheaper? Is it 10x more convenient? Is it 10x better results? Some figure of merit has to improve.
0: So so this 10x seems to be very consistent in your language. So it is 10x. You, so yeah. I, the 10x is more a moonshot term which moonshot thinkers use but no. it looks like no, it's I natural. Natural. No, Natural it, it
1: is natural and that's how companies, should, founders should think about their companies, you know. Lot, the problem I find with a lot of startups, even in Silicon Valley, is their products are doing incremental improvement to what's available in the market. Hmm. And that, that doesn't go a long way. You may be able to get initial funding, initial customers, but you really want to build a company for the long haul.
0: Okay and
1: for that you have to improve some figure of merit by ten x got it, yeah.
0: yeah this is a very valuable insight because the uh, when you know when founders hit upon a solution, uh, they don't vet it ten x is a great way to vet the idea if if my solution is not ten x then I'm yeah, not, why build it? yeah, I'm not going to spend the next ten years of my life on it right
1: that's right
0: uh, yeah, great, great you know going back to your. Uh, point of the whiteboard session uh, you want to get into the minds of the founders there is this practice which amazon employees use they uh, they write a press release even before the product they start working on a product so is that is that something you recommend it's like a marketing press release like there's no product there's nothing out there but you go ahead and write it write it down to the details it sounds like a whiteboard session is is that something you do uh, in the pitch
1: yeah, it's it's. Uh, you can say that the press release at a pre-product stage is the goal of the whiteboard session. Right. The because in the press release you will define. Hey, here is the product. Here is why. Here is the use case. Here is the target audience. Here is the pricing. Everything. Right. Um. And that is one of the goals of my whiteboard session. But in addition, I'm also trying to get into the psyche of. The entrepreneurs,
0: right? And by
1: asking questions, right? How deeply do they understand the market?
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, you invest in U.S.-based founders, or you're working with cross-border founders as well?
1: No, we are global. We, global. we okay. go, yeah.
0: Okay, and and I I have been wanting to ask this question to an investor. How do you uh, describe the venture landscape? You know, when it comes to India or China. Or the uh, Americas, or Africa. Even after I hear a lot about investments going to Africa. What is your experience? Uh, you know, dealing with the, the 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 startups here. When you when you talk to the founders here, is there anything uh, you you find different? Like which which kind of affects you in your decision making?
1: Yeah, you know, I I think outside Silicon Valley, Israel is the only other place that has exhibited strong and very successful entrepreneurship skills right Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. yeah so outside of silicon valley and israel you see pockets of excellence in india in china and in other other uh, geographies as well but if i talk about a repeated repeatable and consistent venture ecosystem that still needs to be built in those countries the potential is huge and the same is the case for africa the potential is huge yeah um, and you know in india government prime minister modiji has driven startup india programs etc and that has given a big impetus to entrepreneurs but the funding still needs to step up And also, I think in some of these geographies, the corporations need to step up. Corporations are not the early adopters of a new technology in these geographies, which is very unlike the U.S. And I I feel that one of the reasons why U.S. stays ahead in terms of innovation and why venture capital thrives in the U.S. is because a lot of the corporations are willing to try out new products. They have open minds
0: yeah the break uh, build fast and break things approach yeah yeah that. that's right
1: mm-hmm. that's right and, uh, no, and I, if it fails I, I, it's okay yeah,
0: yeah you're right i agree with you you know i've been doing uh, these conferences uh, across uh, you know across the globe and uh, it's they're so conservative it's stark outside the us uh, it's just very stark you give them a new idea uh, they just beat it up and they uh, kill the idea that's yeah. their, because they're very happy with status quo, and that's very uh very unlike Silicon Valley, Silicon Valley, they just want to do it, even though they that's right think yeah,
1: yeah, and I think the day people outside silicon Valley, Silicon Valley and Israel start wearing failure badges as pride badges, that's when they will turn uh, the mindset around.
0: Oh my God, that's an amazing, that's a phenomenal statement to me. <laughs> i like that <laughs> i'll use that as a tagline here <laughs> sure,
1: sure because
0: people are scared of uh, failure that's what they are uh, especially startup founders uh, and uh, silicon valley there are so many because they are not they're not afraid of a startup so so you know you mentioned israel uh, very interesting thought what do you think about the failure badge culture in israel are they scared of failing or uh, are they resilient They They,
1: they are not at all scared of failing. They are very experimental in mindset. They want to try out new things. They don't accept the status quo. They don't even accept the best out there as an acceptable solution. So they want to make a change. And they want to put a mark, which is admirable.
0: Yeah, I have a few Israeli friends and I I will not disagree with you. They are the first people to try out things. They are actually in the element. They are doing it. So, they're pretty daring and they're very mobile, like very, uh, what do you call, agile. They're not stuck yeah. to a place. They're on the go always. That's what I feel.
1: And uh, they execute brilliantly.
0: Well, uh, I have not f- had the fortune of seeing someone execute, but I, I believe you. Uh, I believe they, they they talk less and they pr- probably execute yeah. more. Yeah, <laughs> that's, right.
1: that's right.
0: Yeah, uh, so, uh, so that's about Israel. And... Uh, the, here's another thought you were talking about potential pockets of potential across the globe uh, i've I've heard this africa is china's china what china was in terms of manufacturing to u.s africa is becoming to that they've pumped up investment like crazy into african infrastructure um what do you think uh, about that like uh, is there a Silicon Valley coming up there in in Africa or is the Silicon Valley coming up in China? What's going on?
1: Uh, I, I think you, uh, China has already exhibited uh, pretty strong growth of startups. So there is no question about whether China can do it by itself. Um, regarding uh, Africa, I, I okay. think the op- opportunity is humongous and it's, not just in terms of venture capital but also in terms of social good using technology for social good and improving the basic um, living standard of people there and i i think africa has uh, a potential to become a role model for the rest of the world on how you leverage venture capital and innovation for uh, improving the lives and you don't even have to go far you just start looking at basic issues of food clothing shelter how yeah. do you solve those with right. startups yeah. and that's what i see happening in africa and I, I think it'll be a game changer for africa in the next 10 years
0: yeah and uh that's a great point you brought up like food clothing and shelter right in in, in this covid situation there is a lack of prototypes uh, of working models here of execution models, people are experimenting during the pandemic, but I think uh, in Africa it would—it's—it's it's a great place to, you know, to see what models are working there because, um, yeah, Gates Foundation has a big presence there in in infectious disease management. They've a lot invested, even in water. I think they have. Um, yeah, coming to that, um, did did you see any interesting uh, changes in the investment or startup landscape due to COVID? D- did something get pressured to um, adoption quicker than usual? Um, uh, as, a, as I a- think, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, I, I think uh, what COVID has done is made a lot of investors think through on where to invest.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, some investors have gotten cautious in terms of uh, what type of startup they should invest into. They are asking more for customer revenue, customer traction, which is, I think, a good thing even for startup and it pushes the startup to prove out its value. And honestly speaking, the best startups are still getting funded. So Mm -hmm. yeah, there was maybe a slowdown in March and April. But come entering into May, a lot of the investors started to invest back into the market. Right, and uh, I don't see the trend slowing down as of now. And what will, uh, what also, what COVID has done is it has created actually. COVID is a bimodal phenomenon. It, so it has created opportunity for some sectors while it has affected other sectors. Yes, and you know especially the technology sector uh, is seeing. Brilliant opportunities
0: yeah the virtual conferencing and the yeah. v- virtual remote workplace right it's uh's right. a huge <laughs> spike, especially uh companies like zoom uh, they've seen like unprecedented growth so right. uh, yeah i'm I'm thinking this will change people uh people's lifestyle forever, such changes <laughs> the way we right. do business and uh anyway so uh any any thoughts you have for uh, founders who are panicking or who think uh, these things will not go back to normal or there will be a new normal do you have any uh, words of advice or encouragement for them
1: yeah you know i i i really suggest founders to go back to the basics go back to the drawing board what product am i building why am i building what is the use case why does the customer really want it not being and not just having it as a nice to have product those are some of the basic questions that will help and uh, that will help founders flush out and come to a, a clarity point where they know what they're doing and why and honestly speaking best companies are created in the worst of the times for example airbnb started in 2008 recession several companies started in that recession. Right. And, uh, you know and founders should always give in mind tough times don't last tough people lost.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's an an amazing quote. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's an amazing Uh,
1: quote.
0: And, um, yeah, as you were speaking, uh, there's this concept I've been hearing a lot. It's called uh, anti-fragile. Like uh, companies, when they get hit by black swans, they come back. So if you look at the recession of 2008, uh, and now this similar situation is uh, happening, uh, Do you have something to test companies for anti-fragility? Like, let's say they get hit by a pandemic or something like an earthquake. Does venture capital include those parameters or do founders know that they have to think about it?
1: Yeah, you know, uh, the COVID situation has given more like a Mike Tyson moment to startups. (laughs) Mike Tyson used to say, you have a plan till you get punched in the face. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's a good question. So, <laughs> yeah, so so founders need to rethink and, and 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 you know, honestly speaking, any problem in a startup journey is a bend. It's not an end. That's how founders should really look at.
0: Oh, I like that. Mm, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and, and COVID has, like we discussed, COVID has created huge opportunities in digitization, AI, remote work. There are, oh my God, things have accelerated in some of those sectors. Look at companies uh, like you mentioned, Zoom, and then other companies, Microsoft Teams products, Amazon is booming. So anything online is having a gala time right now. Right. And I, I suggest, Founders should look at it as say, hey, how do I get into a position of strength? Right. And then go to VC because if you go to a VC for funding, you will get advice. Mm. But if you go to a VC for advice, you will get funding.
0: (laughs) I like that, right? This is the, you're on a roll. This is the fourth or the fifth statement you made. (laughs) Amazing statements. So, uh. So, I mean, if you have developed a product and you're really looking for advice, that means you've done your bit. And the VC is ready to help yeah. you, fund
1: you. <laughs> yeah, make the, turn the table around.
0: Yeah, yeah. The, VC
1: is, the job of a VC is also to invest, uh, but they want to invest in companies that make the VC feel like, oh shit, I'm going to miss out.
0: Yeah, yeah. Definitely. So, so great. And uh, yeah, I, I I just want to thank you so much for all this. And before parting, I I want to congratulate you on on all the work uh, you're encouraging your daughter Tarini to do. She's a huge inspiration. Um, I saw her at at Thai, I think in 2017 and uh, she's got a book out. I'm a book author myself. So it's very uh, humbling to see somebody so young uh, doing so much. And uh, yeah, uh, do you want to talk a little bit about her, what she's up to nowadays and how you're encouraging her?
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you for uh, bringing up Tarini. I really appreciate it. And thank you for remembering uh, <laughs> meeting her at Thai. I really appreciate it. I think uh, 2017, she actually was giving a keynote in the Thai youth track.
0: Exactly. Yeah. That yeah. Time.
1: Thank yeah. Thank you. Yeah. No, she has uh, written a book like you mentioned on entrepreneurship and how a, how to overcome age and social barriers. And since then, she has done several other activities. Uh, in fact, she is, will probably be announcing her own uh, fund uh, shortly as well. So there, there's several other I'll let her speak <laughs> more than <laughs> me speaking 14. for herself.
0: God, she's just 14. She's just a high schooler. Belly, oh, my God. It's really great. Yeah, now
1: 16. She's 16 oh, now. Bad. Yeah. Okay,
0: okay. Um, yeah. so you must be a proud dad, must be. Right. Oh,
1: absolutely, I, I <laughs> learn from her all the time. So.
0: Awesome. So, anyway, to, uh, closing thought there is this quote I uh read at Singularity University. It says, The future student will be an entrepreneur,
1: yeah. So, yeah, very well said,
0: yeah. Like, uh, all the tools uh, and education will become so decentralized, people will uh, education will come to you, you don't have to go to education,
1: so yeah.
0: and, um. Uh, this mentoring, like your daughter was mentoring those kids uh, in Colombia, right? And she was helping kids in Spanish over the weekend. I saw that post. Uh, oh, nice. uh, it's uh, the, the tools are going to be so amazing. I think uh, uh, the student will be an entrepreneur and Tarini is a great example. And you are a great role model to not only Tarini, <laughs> but the founders here. Great. Thank you, Sanjeet, for your most valuable time. You have shared great insights for upcoming founders, aspiring founders, and also corporate and uh, uh, venture capitalists uh, um, about your new model. I hope it goes a long way uh, through you, First Capital, and uh, please continue to inspire us. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, thank you, Vidya. I really appreciate having me here. I enjoyed the conversation a lot.